Oh yeah, we have two fans in Sweden, so. Sweden. My family thought that that Denmark email, that the guy was um, what was his name? David? It was yeah. Daniel. 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 He um, Daniel from Denmark. Shouts out to you, Daniel from Denmark. Yeah, thanks yeah, shout out know. to Daniel from Denmark. Um, we're glad we can Brady make your man. day and make your uh, transition to your new job easier. Um, but my family was re- my family was like happier to hear about that than I was probably. They were like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> every time I get an e- well, cause yeah. every time I get an email, I'm like, "Mom, Dad, I got an email from a fan." Yeah, that's funny. My my dad also was like really like. And like he was like, oh my god, that's that's awesome. He was like inspired by it, which yeah. is funny. And he's we, like, yeah, I'm gonna dude, listen to your podcast. Which because we've gotten emails from them before, mm-hmm. yeah, not from this person, but we've gotten emails from fans before, and we've also gotten fan art at this point. Yeah, so <laughs> for that, for that, like they were more excited about this email than they were about the fan art. Which was um, yeah, Shout out to Eva. Yeah. Shout out to Eva for making that yeah, banner. Shout out for, because... to all these people who are sending us emails recently. I feel like the floodgates have opened just a wee bit. Like we've been just getting a lot more Definitely. recently, which is really cool. So thank yeah. you guys for that. Speaking of fan emails, that's actually yes, finally, what, finally into the That's actually what inspired <laughs> this episode that we're doing today. And so without further ado, let's uh, introduce ourselves. So I am yes. I'm my mine's I'm gonna go on a bit of a a bit of a leap for mine. I'm your Billie Eilish be Brent because Billie Eilish has oh, this. No way. Oh, uh, I knew that. My sister told me that. I yeah. feel like she's quirky and has it. Yeah. You know what I mean when yeah. I say that? Mm. Duh. I'm just kidding, Billie Eilish. I'm actually, I'm actually a huge fan of Billie Eilish. I like Billie Eilish too. Um, Bobby, you gotta go. I have no idea. Oh man, I, I, you know what? I didn't prepare for this one, but it's just gonna come out of my mouth. Here we go. Okay. I am your. Be, be, <laughs> no, no, no! I'm excited. I cannot uh, wait I, for this. I am your. Wait for it. Here it comes. Oh, I'm not pulling a Brent. Not at all. <laughs> so excited. I am your. Why well, can't I think of any B words? Um, <laughs> you're a B wait, word. I, give, I, I can't forget. Hold I can't on, remember. I have one. I have one. Okay, let's go. I am your justifiably confused jay um because That's if, fair. You, if you have this condition you would be justifiably confused sometimes maybe yeah maybe uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get probably there. not though if you've always had it all right yeah. robert all right i got i got one i am your brain is a little bit different b <laughs> bobby sucks. That's good that sucks that's an asshole. That's actually. Uh, I didn't like it, but no, no. that was actually. Good. You took me there. You took me there, Bobby. Okay. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Have you so, ever thought about uh, doing R instead for Robert? My uh, your rusty Robert. <laughs> your yeah. Well, I mean, we're not B R and J. Yeah. All right. Yeah, All weird. right. What are we even talking about, Brent? Yeah. So we're we this topic was suggested to us by our eager emailer E. So thank you to ah! her for sending that to us. Um, we've been yes, talking thank about you. Like three episodes now. Yeah, I think. but in case you haven't heard the past three episodes where we sort of hinted <laughs> that we're going to eventually talk about this, we're talking about something called synesthesia today. Synesthesia. So, I synesthesia. didn't know how to spell it, Brent. So my audio file is is just synth. Audio. That's fine because like basically every time I've typed it synth. either into my laptop or my phone, it's had to autocorrect it for me. So it's fine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's like some other word called like synthesthesia or something because I I tried to Google it the other day and that word was like it, it like autocorrected. Well, it to I that. think that's like sort of the uh, derivation, if you were will, of syn, which is uh, means like 
uh, synthesis or combining in like I believe Greek oh. or like the Latin and then anesthesia. So it's like, which uh, oh. basically, if you guys don't know what synesthesia is, it's a um, basically a con- condition that is a, uh, blah, 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 blah. it's a perceptual phenomenon in which stimulation of one sensory or cognitive pathway leads to involuntary experiences in a second sensory or cognitive pathway. Basically meaning that mm. people who basically have almost like crossed senses so just wow yeah like maybe that we're gonna go over a bunch of different types of this but just basically that people who have certain senses that are connected to one another so like sight and sound or um you know taste and sights you know sound and you know just all the different all the different senses that there are there can be any combination of it them it's cross it can get real cross what about time the yeah. sense of time, even time? Yeah, actually, uh, in, in some interesting ways. Now, there is some debates in the community as to whether certain types of synesthesia are actual sense, sense um, uh, I don't know, crosses, or if they're something, a, a different categorization, but we'll kind of get there yeah. a little bit later. Um, cool. But yeah, so like, like we said, synesthesia is basically anyone who kind of like has senses that sort of cross into one another or one sense that triggers other senses now um do you guys have any sort of experiences with that yourselves or do you know anyone with anything like that um, oh we're starting there we're starting there <laughs> yeah. when what? i was younger i thought i had it mm-hmm. but i don't obviously um because this is this is something else that you might have seen yeah in your research but um, when I was younger, I still do it, but not as much. I had a very strong association with um colors and dates, meaning hmm. like mm. um, and then also um subjects in school. So to hmm. so 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 when I was younger, I would always think that like Sunday was a was white. Monday was yellow, Tuesday was light blue, Wednesday was dark blue, Thursday was green or brown, um, Friday was red, and Saturday mm-hmm. was black. Um, interesting. Very interesting. And so I, I, I would always, in my mind, I would all like, I do that, I still, like, it's not like a, it's, I, I don't, like, actively think, like, oh, today's, what to say, Sunday, today's Sunday, it's, it's white day, like, I, I just like when I it's think just the of, way you it's perceive just, it. like like it's hard to explain because when I think of those I just think of like it's just the colors right they're yeah. just the colors and the reason why and it, so that is a specific condition it's also very common with numbers for mm. numbers to get colors and textures like yep. there was this one dude who there was like a documentary in the science channel on where he was like he was super super smart and was like creating his own language that was a blend of like a bunch of different languages and he would perceive he had the he had the thing where he saw numbers he was like 37 is very crunchy or something oh so um, interesting but the reason why i don't think i like truly truly have it and i think i'm just weird brain is because um i don't i'm not positive but i think the color association has changed over time but and I don't think it does. Also, like I don't have like, um, like January is red, and then like December is white, and then April is is dark blue. But like I don't really have anything. For, like February is brown, but I don't really have anything for the other ones. Gotcha. Um, right. 
Yeah, I mean, what you're describing, Jack, isn't like too far off some, from some qualities that are associated with certain types of synesthesia. Um, though, what you're experiencing may be something more along the lines of something that's known as ideasthesia, which is basically where I guess we'll kind of jump into that a little bit now. Which is basically mm-hmm. like, as opposed to like an actual sensory trigger that happens when from different stimuluses and stuff, you have an actual like conception within your head that's triggered. So like, basically, um, different like things like you, you were describing, you know, like days of the week might trigger like the thought of a color in your head. But with some, people with some of these other synesthesia type, um. Uh, I don't want to call them conditions, but like have synesthesia yeah. or different synesthetes. Um, they actually have like a sensory response within their brains for like they might see, you know, like a number and actually triggers like an actual sensory response to see like a color with that, you know? Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Like, like Ratatouille, you know, we like to think of the mm-hmm. scene where he's eating the food. Yeah. And oh, uh, yeah. And he closes like, his like eyes. Mute. That, 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 that's like literally, I mean, obviously none of us are synesthetes, but I feel like that would be a good example. Yeah. Actually, he bites the fruit, he hears the music and there's the, mm-hmm. there's the, the, the shapes and the colors and stuff. Yeah. Our emailer mm-hmm. actually in the little slideshow said that she sent us, and I'm going to include that in our brain blog. Oh, post. yeah. Let like, me open the um, she actually put that scene. And a little YouTube right. link in the slideshow as like an example, but um, but sure that's that probably why I brought it up subliminally. Email yeah. or the oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, I shared uh, the slideshows and stuff with you guys. I have one for myself that you guys can follow along with if you want, and I had hers in there too in the right. uh, audio file. But um, yeah, so let's um kind of dig into this a little bit more. Um, so little is actually known about how synesthesia develops at this point. It has been suggested mm-hmm. that synesthesia develops during childhood when children are intensively engaged with abstract concepts for the first time. So things like yeah. numbers, colors, time, things like this that are like, you know, kind of common for us as adults. But when you think about them, they're actually like abs- they're not tangible things. They're like constructs that like we have made to understand our world. So as a child, when you're first like learning about these ideas, which when you think about it, are really, like, abstract and kind of, if you, like, had never heard of that stuff before, it'd probably be really hard to wrap your mind around. It's just, like, um, some uh, scientists believe that it's at that time when you're learning those things that, like, your brain starts to make those neural pathways and sometimes will connect things, like, say, color with numbers. Like, some people, some um, studies have suggested that maybe, like, when you're learning your numbers and letters, if those numbers and letters had colors associated with them Mm -hmm. like if the letter a was literally red when you were learning about the letter a your brain might make make that connection and then now when you as you grow up your brain just automatically triggers like that sensory response to see red when you see that letter i i think it's funny i was thinking about that the other day because um when i was a kid like really really little probably like one two i used to have this game this uh magnet set of alphabets Mm -hmm. you know for the fridge. Yeah. And I, I remember like the, each letter of the alphabet was a different color and right. I would like always play with them. And I remember like when I think of the, the letter Y it's, it's yellow to me. Maybe that's because it's Y and yellow starts with Y. But I also remember that the, the little thing I had, the magnet was yellow Y. Right. And so I'm wondering like if those, that initial introduction to letters, mm-hmm was like very very heavily based around yeah i mean uh, 
that. Probably because I I ha- I feel like um like uh um like for the days of the week it must have I must have had like some sort of schedule or something. Um, I know for a fact that's why I think um, subjects for me have color association mm. because mm-hmm. in my school. Um, before you get to high school, um, it, the subjects are broken down by color instead of yeah. like, instead of like period one, two, three. So like on Mondays and Wednesdays, we would have like red, red, it would be like red, yellow, and then blue, green, and then they would like swap. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so it would always be like, oh, what do you have for red class? What do you have for yellow class? What do you have for green and blue class? Um, and my blue class, I don't know if the first time I had it, it was science or if it was always science. Mm-hmm. Um, but my blue class, I, I so I think I see science as being blue mm. and I see math as being red and English as being green and history. I definitely being have yellow. that too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yes. I, I had different like notebooks for each class. Right. And I remember like, you know, I would always get the same color notebooks for each subject. Yeah. Also, um, what is this image that you sent, Bob, that you just sent and didn't explain? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, I, you know, we'll, I wasn't sure if I wanted to get to that now or no, later. No, it's okay. We'll, we'll get there when we start describing the different types of synesthesia because okay, okay. I actually had this in my slideshow as well. Okay, um, okay. Oh, this is actually in your slideshow, this picture? Yeah, because it's it, it was oh, funny cool. to me because you sent this to me, Bob, because this is like something you experienced. And actually, our listener, in a way, experiences a very similar version of what you sent me. So I thought that oh. was very cool. So I wanted to include both. But um, yeah. So all right. So we'll get there later. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But uh, just for people's edification, uh, the name of that hypothesis is uh, the semantic vacuum hypothesis about how it's early childhood development that causes like these certain forms of synesthesia to develop or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, synesthesia also is you know not like a new thing. Um, this is something yeah. that has existed throughout history, though not defined necessarily as such until um, more um, the modern era. But the earliest recorded case of synesthesia was attributed to the Oxford University academic and philosopher John Locke, who was kind of like this guy who was well-known as like an Enlightenment-era thinker. He was considered the father yeah, of liberalism. Yeah, I mean, Isn't that also the name of the main character from Lost? John Locke, yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's like the weird bald guy from... John Locke. <laughs> I wonder if that's <laughs> intentional. But anyway. Um, <laughs> so maybe it's Jack. I don't know. Well, well there's J- there is Jack. He He's uh, Matt Fox's character. He's like the traditionally handsome white guy who's like the main character. And then John Locke. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. yeah and then yeah. John Locke is like the, the, the creepy bald guy. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, He's the older guy, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so in um, 1690, John Locke um, made a report about a blind man who said he experienced the color scarlet whenever he heard the sound of trumpets. So this was sort of like the first like sort of like well-known documented case of this, though mm-hmm. some people disagree whether or not this was actually synesthesia or like Locke sort of like speaking in metaphor. But it's sort of like an interesting thing that like this was sort of the first time this sort of idea of um sort of uh different senses kind of like crossing over for people like in this case a blind man seeing colors when yeah. he yeah. can't see is pretty interesting. So like that idea kind of first came about in a scientific yeah. way. Then um, the first actual mm. medical case was documented by um a German physician, uh, George Tobias Ludwig Sachs, in 1812. 
But um, this idea goes even further back, though not necessarily documented as an actual condition, but the idea of like the census crossing goes even as far back as um, Greek antiquity, like ancient Greece. Time, oh, wow. When uh, philosophers would um, ask if the color or croia as it is, which is um, now known as timber or timbre, if you will, mm-hmm. whether the uh, timbre of music was a qua- the color of the timbre of music was a quantifiable quality so basically asking if like the color of music is something that we can actually like measure so that kind of suggests that you know people who some people who when they heard music back then would see color with it so yeah yeah. it's pretty cool to think that this idea goes even that far back even um isaac newton proposed that musical tones and color tones shared common frequencies so like basically like on the light spectrum like the frequencies that um the Yo. colors within the spectrum and color tones, if you will, of music. You, you yep. hypothesize that maybe they share similar frequencies. Interesting. There's a Japanese artist, maybe not Japanese. I think Japanese. Let's somewhere in Asia, but I think Jap- Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an artist who paints using one color, but when he puts the like when he's dragging the brush across the can. So like if the canvas is right in front of me and he's dragging the brush, you know, yeah. Um, he would he yells into his brush at different volumes, um, to get and and it it makes. Di- I gotta see if I can find the painting, but it makes different. Like he's using the same color, and like he's just taking everything from the same thing, and he screams, and then the colors change when he paints. Weird. Like wow. very very like like very very slightly, and maybe I'm just maybe it's just a placebo effect thing. But, well, um, you know, also just the uh, the vibrations of, of sound can maybe affect the pressure at which the color is being put on the, the canvas. canvas. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. I actually be really curious to see some of that. Um, there's also um, a long history of building color organs, as in like musical organs, um, oh, okay. s- such as the clavier. Oh, Korean. I look like a racist. Uh, how dare you, Jack? How dare you not know everything? Yeah, so a Korean artist. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Kim Byom. B-E-O-M. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, I'll have to look that up after and uh, maybe throw some pictures in the uh, Brain Bloggle post. But um, yeah. yeah so, yes. So yeah, and it's, going back to the organs thing, um, this uh, particular organ known as the Clavier à Lumière, like my French here, um, which, yeah, to perform, great, um, which to perform colored music in concert hall. So it was like an organ specifically made with the purpose of creating sort of color music, which is uh, really interesting. Um, I'm going to include some pictures of that, too, in the post. Yeah, and I want to see this. Um, I want to see this And thing. in uh, further support of this notion, the in Indian, cla- um, in Indian classical music, the musical terms raga and rasa are also synonyms for color and quality of taste, respectively. So, like, these oh. words that are applied to multiple different senses, so, like, different music, different colors, and different quality of taste. So, really, uh, mm. really interesting to see that. Um, so, it's there. I mean, it's in history. Yeah, like we... this, is not, this is not, like, some, like, new thing or whatever or some, you know, this is not just, uh, you know, some, like, weird, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Sort of psychosomatic thing that some people experience where they think mm. they're seeing. This is like, feels like it's pretty concrete that we could say this is definitely something that people experience for real. Um, mm. So let's Wow, up. this is wild. This picture that, that you just sent, Jack, oh, yeah. this is yeah. wild. 
Um, so <laughs> the the caption says, "Now shall we add some screams of terror?" Because <laughs> he he so he'll scream in di- with different emotions. So he'll scream with excitement wow. or pain or, or or in this instance, terror. He hasn't. There's another one where he goes where he talks about filling out the edges with screams of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I like it. Like they're different colors, and I don't know it's if that's because they haven't colors. like some have dried faster, but like they're different colors. It's and maybe I have a question. Yeah, did we did did you find in your research um, anything about like synesthesia tests? Um, like I, on YouTube. Uh, I did find a couple things. Um, mm-hmm. um, why was there something in particular you wanted to go over? Yeah, like the reason I wanted to bring it up is because you know we're talking about um like sound and how it correlates with um you know visuals and stuff mm. and there was a, a youtube test i found because I, I i tried it on my family and i really wanted to see like you know if they would have any reaction yeah and um there was one that was really cool where it was like a a, a gif of these like crazy white balls just like flying around on a screen mm-hmm. kind of looked like just particles yep and my mom was like, oh, like, what's that? Like, what's that noise? Mm-hmm. The guy's like, there is no noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but some people who may be synesthetic in some ways hear something when they see the visual moving. Interesting. Oh, there's and one of um, elephants. I thought that was really cool. There's one on elephants on the teeter-totter um, where they go... I mean, it's silent, but mm-hmm. when you watch it, you can hear the boom, 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 boom. Mm. Yeah, no, it's it's weird how you can like hear things by by oh, looking. No, maybe at he does. Maybe he silent does use, video. No, he uses different color paint. Oh, gotcha. And so yeah, he uses and, different. And what's interesting about uh, another one that I saw too is it was like so they had two different sounds, and they had one painting, mm-hmm. and basically. There was a, a really like wild, chaotic sound, and then there was a very peaceful sound. Mm-hmm. And you had to match up which one f- fit better with the painting. And obviously, like almost everyone says the same one. It's like, oh, the chaotic sound matches with the chaotic painting. So mm-hmm. obviously there's some correlation yeah, that's like, with visual and audio. Yeah, that actually sounds similar to um, ideasthesia to me, which um, we'll actually kind of do a little test on ourselves when we get to Ooh. that point. Let's have a little fun test for that. Um, but I also, oh, I'm excited. I also have a link from a, a BU to a, they have a synesthesia test on there where they'll like similarly where they'll play some sounds and then. Oh, you nice. see to see like if like when you hear it if you, it conjures up a specific color or whatever and then like they show you like the different like numbers and letters and see if you have color associations with them it's pretty cool oh, i'll include that we'll link we definitely have to yeah we got to link that so that it's going to be a very te- it's going to be a test. very interactive episode so definitely check out that brain bloggled for that one but, um, yes but um before we uh go into the different types i want to just like quickly kind of go over just some famous people who uh have synesthesia who i th- i thought was interesting um, first, this one, Bobby, you'll like this one. Uh, Billy Joel has a synesthesia. <gasps> Billy Joel has synesthesia. Yeah. In case the listeners don't know, Bobby's a big Billy Joel fan, and uh, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Yeah. So he has synesthesia. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, wow. What kind does did did it specify? Uh, most of the a lot of the people who were listed were a lot of musicians. So it's a lot of um. Right. The type of that's auditory and visual or something. Yeah, it's it's specifically called auditory tactile synesthesia. Um, Wow. Well, sorry, that's cool. Sorry, not that one. Um, 
Chromesia. Sorry, Chromesia. Chromesia. Yeah, the audio uh, tactile sense is actually very interesting. <laughs> well, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. So <laughs> the Chromesia one's more of like the colors and sound association. Uh, but and also another musician, Lord, apparently has it as oh, well. Oh. I am Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She oh, has yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lord, good on Lord, a Wednesday. <laughs> Lord dropped Royals and then like was hot for Loyals for Royals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of like faded away, but like has had like albums since. She just like had like where she go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where did Lord that go? first album we hit real out. hard, and she uh, just like I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I we that... have an episode called "Where Did Lord Go?" Where and did interview it? Lord. Oh my god! Cool. If we could interview Lord, that'd be sick. Lord, if you're a fan, hit us up at brainpodcast at gmail Yes, please do that for <laughs> sure. Um, next, uh, we got this one. Also hits a little close to the home for all three of us, I guess. Uh, Nikola Tesla apparently had synesthesia. Ah, Tesla. Yeah, because Tesla. Uh, interesting. Our em- employment. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder oh, if maybe him Tesla. having synesthesia was uh, was part of what made him so brilliant i guess because he you know? heard where the electricity was going <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um this next one um you know probably isn't that much of a shocker but vincent van gogh was a synesthete as well i mean I feel, I feel like artists in general kind of like yeah it kind of feels like yeah of course um he also but, was hearing demons maybe um <laughs> maybe he was hearing demons from looking at paint like colors made him hear made him hear and he yeah. thought he was hearing demons. Yeah, yeah. You <gasps> oh know, my God. I can't wait till we get to one of the particular types of synesthesia later because it's very interesting how this particular condition <laughs> can manifest. Um, and, and then um, lastly, we have um, uh, Raman Jawadi, the uh, composer from Game of Thrones and Westworld. Oh! He has it as mm. well. So Such a good composer. I know, so good. Wow. Brent, you got other people on here you haven't mentioned. Oh, and then also, who else do I got? I got oh, yeah, Vladimir Nabokov. The the, oh, the writer of Lolita, yeah. So, um, oh. and, and then Billie Eilish. Oh yeah, Billie Eilish. I forgot that. I skipped over her because uh, she, I forgot that I already said her name earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so yeah, Billie, Willi- I, Billie, I think my sister kind of mentioned Billie Eilish's uh, synesthesia. Is she can like see colors with people? I guess interesting. People have like auras. Yeah, so, like, people have aura. Yeah, yeah, like auras around them. Yeah, interesting. exactly. Okay, so that's um, go ahead. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. that sounds like a sort of a cross between. <laughs> See, maybe, I like... was I was joking about like Billie Eilish quirky girl at the beginning, but <laughs> uh, maybe it's less of a joke now. <laughs> yeah, so let's get into the different types. So this first type sort of sounds like what she's talking about, but it's more specific. It's called um grapheme color synesthesia. This is the most common type. Um, or one of the most common types, where basically individual letters of the alphabet and numbers, collectively referred to as graphemes, are shaded or tinged with color. So this is like kind of what we were talking about earlier, where like people with this condition basically see or actually physically see like color with mm. numbers and letters, um, which is um pretty interesting. Have we talked about wow. which type the uh, emailer E? has um we normally have i would not, just say but, their um, name but they have a they have a pretty unique name and i don't know did they say we could say their name um she she never did actually say specifically so i'm just gonna keep referring to her okay. as e for now um but um thank you again but um she actually later on in the podcast she actually sent us a oh. little audio recording with her oh, answer okay, so I was gonna, she does I was address gonna, it I, there i was wondering if these were like her colors for her letters but 
Um, I actually I think, think they are, right? Yeah, because this is some of these the stuff from the slideshow I have here oh. are from her slideshow. So oh, okay. I'm pretty sure these are correct because like she has like a very specific drawing later for a different type of synesthesia that she has, and she has the and, same colors. But it, they're like I'm pretty sure she drew them because like they describe the personalities that she does. But um, we'll get there. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, um, but um, so yeah, um, while different individuals usually do not report the same colors. For all letters and numbers, studies of large numbers of synesthetes find some commonalities across letters. For example, most people find that the letter A is red, for one, and most people mm. find that the letter Y is yellow, like Bobby had said probably earlier. Apple oh, and ba- really? Probably because apple and banana, and also yellow. Yeah, so, like, these are, like, uh, actually wait, pretty... Wait, banana? What? Wait, banana? What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that, where wait, that came from, Jack. Wait, what? I was, like, I in my mind, I was, like, yeah, banana. Yeah, why? Yeah, banana. Obviously, yeah, what are you talking banana, about? Banana, why? Of course. As we all we all know, the silent Y so at the beginning of banana. So clearly, Jack, that means that you associate Y with yellow, too. Yeah. I was, like, I was, like, why, banana? It's... <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I would say A is definitely red in my in my mind. How crazy obviously would this it is for like be, a real synesthete. How crazy would it be if um like if if there was a possibility like the enti- okay, just for argument's sake, the entire population of the world all took the same test where they go where they're given a box of colored pencils and mm-hmm. and A B A through Z, zero through nine, right? Mm-hmm. Um to to color in and like and they analyze them how crazy would it be if there was like one like number or letter that every single person colored in the same color that'd be pretty like 90 percent of people no no i'm not not even talking 90 percent like every single person how like only one way to find out yes we gotta do it how crazy would that be well thank god that literally every single person on earth listens to this podcast so you know you know your homework folks Color in no, no, no cheating though, since we already said A is red, so that, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah. And and Y is oh. yellow, so we that does not count. It has yeah. to it has to be something else. All right, uh, but not much is known as to why certain letters numbers are associated with certain colors. But it mm-hmm. is found that grapheme color synesthetes have more gray matter in their brains, which I thought was very what? interesting. Wait, really? What? Like, there's actually a physical. Yeah, so there's an actual Increase. yeah, there's an actual difference in their brains than um people who do not have it. So, for example, the left caudal uh intraperitoneal sulcus, I really wish I read this before <laughs> I start saying. I say the left caudal intraperitoneal sulcus part of the brain, it has more gray matter. The right fusiform gyrus has more gray matter, and then also the V4A part of the brain which is the area of the brain where word letter and color processing is located has more gray matter in the brain so there's actual oh. like physical connection to this within the actual like makeup of the brain which i thought was really interesting yeah that yeah, is gives it really some, cool um it gives it I'm, a lot of legitimacy yeah i'm gonna sit here and pretend like i know exactly where those parts of the brain are yeah i literally had to like look them up after <laughs> I, I wrote each one down i'm like where is that i don't know that is actually that is really interesting yeah <laughs> yeah no i thought that was really cool so let's uh, move on to the next type which is called ordinal linguistic personification so oh this is so cool this one is pretty neat um it basically this one is that ordered sequences such as ordinal numbers days Weekday names, months, and alphabetical letters are associated with personalities or genders, which I thought uh-huh. was really cool. It's like some people, like, when they 
conceptualize these or see these certain numbers or days of the week they attach to like actual like sort of like human like they almost personify it with um wait are, okay wait are these are her personifications yeah I, i'll let her because describe I, them when we get I, to them because I, I, I read through a bit of them and oh my god there's some of them are yeah, pretty I'll, I'll let her describe it in her adorable. Own, i'll let her describe it in her own words because i thought she did a really great job doing so when we yeah, get there i don't but do yeah. this at all yeah like, this one i, I thought yeah, I no, don't associate it with it uh, with with personalities at all, with with genders at all. Yeah, same. I thought that's what I thought was really cool. The fact that like some people can see something that you know you see every day, like just like some numbers, and they just they're just like triggered like a conception of like personalities and stuff. I think that's it's kind of like a really whimsical way to see the world. I think it's like really kind of cool and fun. Yeah, yeah, um, I love it. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, so that one's pretty cool, but um, later on when uh, we, we hear from E, she'll kind of describe it in maybe a little more detail her personal version yeah. of it. Um, yeah. But um, let's move on to the next one, which is known as chromesia, which we mentioned earlier. This is the association of sounds with colors. Is this yes. the most common oh. one? This seems like the most common one. This is another pretty common one. Um, like I said earlier, the grapheme uh, color is, is probably the most common if not you know one of the most common like these two are probably up there as yeah. far as like common forms um this can include things from just everyday sounds such as doors opening and closing cars honking their horns people talking just like room noises can trigger people seeing color or some people yeah. like we saw with the musicians who that like all the different musicians who um have synesthesia can also have colors triggered when they hear certain musical notes or keys being played. Which, I um, wish I had that. Yeah, so, like, for example, I thought this was a cool example that um, was included within the slideshow that you sent us. Was I figured, Bobby, you would appreciate this one. Um, if you're looking at the slideshow that I have, um, yes. there's um, a painting. Like, she, she had sent us some, like, different paintings that people did basically based on listening to a song. And this particular mm. one that I have included here is um, the song Phantom Limb by The Shins, which is a great song. Oh, and she actually sent you that? Yeah, so this is a painting that someone did from listening to that Shin song. Like, they were listening to a song, and they painted this. These are basically the colors that they were seeing. Um, that's crazy. And um, I'll also include, she sent a really cool video that's, like, someone made of, like, what they saw when they were listening to some music. So, like, just, like, a really cool visual representation of mm. um, what they sort of see within their heads when they hear music or different sounds. It's really cool. Um, that, that's uh, that is a great song. I, you know, I love the shins. Yeah, same. and it's just me, or does this kind of look like a pond? Yeah, it does. Yeah, it looks like you know, like some like you got yeah. some like water lilies or something going on. Mm. Which you toilet? Know what I, um, with something that's really cool is I'm looking at the scale. Mm. Um, and it's not like, I mean, I guess it is kind of a spectrum. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, maybe it is a spectrum, but not really, because like red and there's, blue are right next to each other. There, yeah, there's some jumping around. It seems like a lot mm. of complementary <clears throat> colors are sort of next to each other too, a little bit. Like I see yeah, a lot of orange yeah. and blues next to each other. Um, yeah, but it's mm. not just like a rainbow, right? You know, yeah, it's not sequential. Like, yeah, yeah it's not that's so cool, not your though. typical Roy Biv, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that's really cool. I, I like the phantom limb thing. That's I've never um, I've never seen that before. Yeah, it's and then um, apparently people who have this type of um, synesthesia also commonly or pretty commonly have perfect pitch, which is the ability to hear um, basically perfectly identify notes and keys 
Um, so, and it's believed that because like the association of sight and color or like seeing color and hearing are so closely connected that allows them to more easily identify notes and stuff because like there's that color association with them. So I thought that was pretty cool too. So let's move. Yeah, let's move on to the next one. This is the one that Bobby, you sent your example of, which is called spatial sequence synesthesia. Which basically, okay, can I say something? Yeah, go oh no, for you it. explain it first. Explain yeah, sure. it first. I'll kind of, kind of just give like the basic rundown of what it is, and then we'll kind of, yeah, I'll let you go. So, um, basically, yeah. spatial sequential or spatial sequence synesthesia is um when people see numerical sequences as points in space. For instance, the number one might be further away than the number two, which might be closer to you. Um, people with um this type of synesthesia may have superior memories. Because um, in one study, they were able to recall past events and memories in far better detail um, than those without the condition. So um, go ahead. That's kind of like the basic rundown. Is like people might see, you know, numbers or dates, times, just like as like actual physical representations, like in orientation with themselves a lot of times. Well, so what's interesting about this is I, I guess my whole life, I always thought that People saw time in the same way that I always perceived it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Jack, earlier you were talking about how you saw the week, the days of the week as different colors. Right? Yeah. So my whole life, you know, growing up as far as I can remember, I saw I, I've conceptualized time as like spatial dimension. And I can see all the months of the year uh, around me. And I can see every day of the week in my head. And, and I almost like it's really hard to describe. But like as the days go by of the week, I'm like moving through this uh, wheel almost where the five weekdays are sort of smaller. And the two days of the weekend are, are like, you know, the, the second half of the track. I almost think of it as like a racetrack. Did you make and I'm this? in a car, Bob? I didn't make this, no, but oh. I found it and I sent it to Brent. And I, I think it's so interesting because it's almost exactly how that's so funny because I, I don't time. I don't feel that at all. And you know what? Time. I thought maybe my family would like feel the same way. I'm like, well, maybe it's genetic. And so I, I asked my whole family, my parents, my mm. siblings, not they're None all look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> huh? And so. Here is where I, you know, I just kind of felt stumbled upon this and I'm like freaking out. Um, Brent, in E's slideshow uh-huh. where she talks about her perception of time. Yeah. That little um, drawing of the like months of the year, the colored pencil drawing. Did she draw that? I actually don't know if she drew that one herself. Um but um, the way okay, she okay, well, she, we'll have to figure it out. Yeah, the way she described it though is very similar to um the one that has sort of like basically like a, a gray circle that represents like supposed to represent her head, and then mm-hmm. like it says like, oh my head facing um or does it say facing yeah facing yeah, towards facing. January December and it's sort of like mm-hmm. this like colored wheel that kind of like goes completely or three sixty around it goes yeah their head. since their head is facing. January and December, it means mm. that the order of in which the months go, January, February, March, April, is counterclockwise yeah. to how they mm. rotate around their head, which is also really interesting. 
Yeah, that's dad, how I see it too. Really? So yeah, I wonder, it's exactly the same. So does does is it so when when it's you know it's April right now? So yes. are we on the side of the head, or does April rotate to the front? Now this might be different. I think for different people, right? The way I see it is that the the year doesn't move. Um, I'm moving through the year, almost like oh. I'm in a in a car driving around the track. Oh, okay. So I it understand. might be a little different in that sense. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. So I think for different people, it manifests in different ways. But yeah, um, basically, um, what you're describing is basically what I've seen for people with this type of synesthesia. Now, not all of it forms in like, you know, months or days and years and stuff. For some people, it's like literally number, like I described earlier, where like certain like numbers and letters might actually have like spatial relationships to one another. Like the number one might be like, Way off in the distance where the number two might be, like, right up in my grill, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I want to say this. Whoever made that uh, colored pencil drawing of the months of the year, yeah. and we'll share that on our, our brain boggle, yeah. Um, yeah, the brain bloggled, Yeah, that is exactly how I see the year. In That's really cool. With, with, like, the neighborhood and the house and everything and the lake? Yeah. Really? Well, not like I don't see the neighborhood in the house, but I, the colors, the the orientation, yeah, the the uh, exact like positioning of the months of the year, and so like I literally, when a month like when July becomes August in my head, everything changes because we're now shifted in that part of space time. I it's so hard to describe, but I just assumed everyone had this. I don't know. I just thought that it was like a common thing but i was very shocked when i found out that it was like more rare yeah yeah no Um, it's 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 really interesting that's a it's really cool that like some people perceive it that way um and then there's also the she sent the um i don't know if you're gonna get to this in a different section but in case we're not going to she sent the the spiral of past decades and stuff Right, oh, right. Um, yeah. I didn't include that in my slideshow, but yeah, I thought that was a pretty we'll put cool. It on the blog, and, though, I'm sure. Yeah, all that stuff is gonna be on there because it's all really interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. So this anyway, this next one is um kind of in a similar vein to the last one. It's called number form synesthesia, where basically oh. um people with this um form have a mental map of numbers that automatically and involuntarily appears whenever someone who experiences number form synesthesia thinks of the numbers. So basically mm-hmm. where, so like whenever this uh, person with this uh, type of synesthesia like thinks of like a certain number, it just kind of creates almost like a shape of sort of like mm-hmm. the numbers in sequence sort of like oh. leading up to it. Um, I should have put this one in my slideshow, but um, I'll include a picture of it. It's a is very... It the, uh, is it in E's? What's that? Uh, n- is it in E's? Oh. Uh, I don't think so. This one I found... Um, on the internet but it basically almost like looks like a the one i have is sort of almost like a weird line graph but like with like weird bulbs and or like bulbous points where it's like you know like 50 51 52 53 mm. where it kind of like worms around in this like weird sort of like line it seems yeah. to be like less spatial and more like sequential where it's like more like continuous in form yeah. as opposed to like something where it's more spatial where it's, you know, there's like dimension to it. it's more flat and mm. um linear but like with some like twisty curviness to it which i thought was pretty interesting i believe she said she had that form but then grew out of it which was kind of interesting um mm. 
So the next one, this one is a little more strange. This one's uh, the one that I sort of mistakenly mentioned earlier, um, auditory tactile synesthesia. Now this one mm. is where people with this, when they hear certain sounds, can have um, can induce sensations in parts of their body. So they might hear, for example, um, someone speaking a certain word that makes them feel like they're being touched, like on their shoulder. Or, oh, that's creepy. Yeah. Weird. So at first I was like, oh, this kind of sounds like, you know, when you're listening to like a good song, you get the chills or something. But no, this is more like literal and like, oh, when I hear the sound of a dog barking, I feel oh. like a scratch like on my leg or something like I that. I have this. I have this. Okay. Okay. It sounds crazy. All right. It sounds crazy. Now, I'm, sp- I'm explaining yourself. Doubtful. I'm right explaining now. myself. Okay. This, my friends used to make fun of me in high school for this so bad. And I don't, I can never explain it to them, but I feel pretty comfortable in this environment. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, when I hear the word Raul. Like the name? I, Raul? No, like like a word. I don't even think it's a word. Just <laughs> no, R- it's not a word. R-O-W-L, okay? When I hear that word. <laughs> For sure not th- a word. This is, you guys are going to think I'm psycho. Like, this is insane. I'm looking this I up. can feel my foot. Okay, as if I was like an ape, right? And I can feel my foot, like it's like I have like opposable thumbs on my foot, and I don't understand why. It's crazy. I know it sounds um, crazy, but I I think the word Raoul it makes me feel like I have a hand in my foot. No, I, I think growl. you're crazy. I don't think that's <laughs> no. I am. I think you're crazy. <laughs> but like, it, it's a very specific feeling that I get when mm-hmm. I hear that word, and I don't understand why. Hmm. I like feel like I have a, f- a hand on my foot. That might just be some like Pavlovian <laughs> association or something. Maybe. maybe. Maybe I just think of like a. I feel like if a, you had it, you would have, it would be for more letters or more I don't know more what... more words. Yeah, I, like don't maybe, know. I don't know what it is. Like this maybe is... scowl would make you feel like an ear is on your arm or something. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. Well, the thing now I will say, Bobby, this is considered like probably the most rare form of synesthesia. Oh, so I definitely don't have well, it. I'm just weird. Well, not to say. I mean, that's not to say that nobody has it. You know, so it's possible. True, it's possible. But um, yeah. So I thought that Wait, was pretty just, interesting. Probably not. But hey, keep your hopes up, Bob. For foot synesthesia, man. Now, foot this, synesthesia. oh man. Now this next thing is like a little more. It's sort of like somewhat associated with the last one, but this one's a little more common and it's a little more negative. It's called misophonia, which is basically mm. where uh, misophony. <laughs> misophony. <Shut up. laughs> oh, misophony. <I'm> <laughs> Yikes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was bad. That sucks. <laughs> Cut that out. Is nope. that from? Okay, it's okay, okay. Because okay. oh, okay, I, know, I know that that's in... Um... Full Metal Jacket. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Yeah, like a yeah, really like, terrible I, racist portrayal knew, of like a Vietnamese I knew that was... Like, well, because I know it... I know it from, I know it from Baby Got Back. Yeah, because it's, it's basically clipped from that movie. Oh, okay. Basically okay, of like okay. some Vietnamese sex workers who are like calling out to like the American soldiers to be like... <laughs> Hey, like, come proposition me or whatever. But yeah. <laughs> proposition. I'm trying to be nice. diplomatic here and not be like disrespectful to sex workers. <laughs> um, so anyway, misophonia. Misophonia basically is um, when someone ex- has negative experiences such as anger, fright, hatred, or disgust that are triggered by specific sounds. Hmm. So, um, people with misophonia have a normal hearing sensitivity level, but 
the limbic system and automatic nervous system are constantly in a heightened state of arousal when abnormal where abnormal reactions to sounds will be more prevalent so people with this like say like you know if they hear like the sound of like water dripping will have like a really intense reaction to that sound Mm. Now, this is one that I actually personally can relate to a fair amount. I have a mm-hmm. lot of sound triggers that, like, really kind of, like, eat at me, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, though, is it's tricky because, like, some people don't consider it synesthesia. They consider it more of an idiesthesia type thing. But yeah. it's it, the way it, it gets blurry is that there is, like, an actual, like, nervous system response to these things. So it's, like, not... Like, there's, like, there's documentation. A, there's, a, there's a measurable right. response in the body. Oh, so it's more, it's, it, it, it would like hear, like hearing nails on a chalkboard, you know, makes my skin crawl. Right. Ugh. Is that, is that something else? Is that a different process creating that? Or that is it just, along now, the same see, line? that one's, that one's tr- tricky because that's also like the frequency is such like a harsh frequency. You might actually have, be having a physical response within your eardrum to that sound. Oh, but like some of these people okay. like might be like the type of person like who gets like really pissed off when they hear someone chewing too loudly or mm, like, you sister. know. Yeah, so, like, I have this sort of thing. Like, this is, like, a weird one for me where, like, like with iced coffee and plastic cups, when you kind of, like, shake the ice around to sort of, like, mix up <gasps> the sugar and stuff. You have that, Brent? Do you, do you hate that? But I've mentioned this to you the other day, Bobby, where I was like, I don't know why this sound, like, really <laughs> triggers me. And I was I, gonna. I feel and I like Bobby would make that sound to be funny. I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, but this is like one, all... the thing is like it's like one of those things that like I don't say anything because I know it's irrational. Like, like no, I, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> in my brain, like, have the cognition like this is really irrational, but for some reason, that that's like so it triggers good. me. I love that. And it's funny. Oh, man, I do that the all thing is, the time. The thing, Bobby, is, like, literally anyone who drinks iced coffee from like a Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks does it. Like, everybody does it. <laughs> But I like, know, but yeah, it's that's so like, unnecessary. That's, like, that's every you can't escape that, Brent. Yeah, no. So like, I just like <laughs> yeah, but I'm the only person Brent sees. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> and I do that every single day. Yeah, well, I got noise canceling headphones I'm... now, so. <laughs> Ooh, oh man, I know. I'll have to be more mindful. I, I know Bobby's exact face when he does it too. <laughs> it's, it's, a no, it's the it's the uh... it's that face. <laughs> The little pout. Yeah. Like, you, you, you do it like Jack's that. Face. You do it like that. That's exactly what you you the have little this little pout that you always do. But the funny thing is, yeah, like, you... I make iced coffees at home, and when I do it like in a glass, it doesn't bother me. You know, oh, maybe so it's just the plastic. Was, like, was it's there the someone plastic. in like that's the thing is like I don't I don't know if I have like some weird like deep seated buried like triggering memory or something. But then like mm. also like for me like. It's, this is kind of like a funny one because like we have pet parrots here at the house. I've mentioned them on the podcast, but our one parrot, Mango, his squawk just like cuts me to my core. He has like this like really? ah, 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 like screech like when he's like upset and wants like, to come out. Oh, it's like yeah. it's like it's like a it's like a different. It's not as like regular reg, yeah. regular. Right, he has a bunch of different sounds he makes, and most of them don't bother me at all. But it's this one oh, specific okay. like screech. I mean, it's pretty loud. Like he's loud. Don't get me wrong, but like. For some reason, like, because we have another bird and she squawks too, and it doesn't bother me. But his squawk, mm. like, it makes me, it gives me like a physical reaction where I feel like, Ma- pan- I feel panicked. So, like, I feel like we need to go take him out right now. Or I might like, have I'm that gonna freak with, out. With mm-hmm. with beeping, mm. like I like I know a lot of people don't like, um, or maybe I associate, th- but I like legitimately, um, I can't watch, um. Like things that, uh, 
like like movie or TV shows scenes that are in a hospital that have a heart rate monitor going on. Mm. Yeah, I I I like legitimately cannot watch. Like I just mm. went through uh, like a month ago. I went through a huge binge of watching all the House MD video clips that are on YouTube, mm. and any yeah. of them that had a heart monitor, I had to stop. I I I, I, did, I can't uh. watch them. Yeah, so you might have like some element of misophonia too. What? Well, because it doesn't assumed... have to be like anger. It can be like fright or panic, like that that type of response. Yeah, too is, is definitely I always assumed associated it was, with it. Because um, my first um, my first alarm clock was a beep. Mm. So mm. I I always assumed it was from that. But like, even I haven't used an alarm clock that uses a beep in many years. Yeah. Um, and I still to this day cannot listen to any kind of beeping at all. Interesting. There's got to be something to do with the frequencies because, like, I, I know that, you know, me and Brent have the same Bose noise-canceling ha- headphones. Because we're fancy boys. Because <laughs> we're not fancy spo- boys. Not sponsored, by the way. Bose, sponsor us. Look, at, <laughs> I need a new... Have co- one? No, no, no. I have, I have a Corsair, but I need a new set because uh, this freaking thing... Oh, God. Well, because they, like, it's got, like, that little, like... Okay, okay, people can't see it, but my ear... <laughs> my, 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 my foam on my earpiece... Um, for my headset po- has has fallen off. Oh, um, oh man! And so I just not good. We- I, so I just wedge it between my head and the headphones. Oh, Jesus! Um, it's not that bad. Both sponsor us. Yeah, yes. sponsor us so I can get a new one. But this side is like falling. Off. Like you, I don't know. You can't. You can't see my hair's in the way. You can't see it, but <laughs> but it's 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 fault. Like the top part has like completely come undone, and I can't get it back <laughs> on. Um, and I hate it. Oh, um, so sponsor. Well, like what I was those. what I was gonna say is that like. You know, there's certain frequencies that just cut right through these noise canceling headphones. Oh, yeah. Like certain voices and like yeah. like sounds and oh. frequencies just go right yeah. through. And it's like, oh man. So I wonder, you know, obviously things well, are. Well, no, that's not. That's. Well, yeah, that's because of the technology of noise canceling headphones. Sure. Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. These are it's the like, type that have like a microphone that like plays into your ear, like the opposite frequency of what's being detected outside of it but like it, it, it can't do it to the point of like perfect cancellation it could do it for a, yeah. lot, a lot of frequencies but not like like everything those headphones yeah. that you wear in a uh, that you you know you wear them because <laughs> you've been on a helicopter but the headphones that you wear in a helicopter <laughs> that people wear in a helicopter um i didn't know this well okay well this is kind of a sad story but um not really that sad but my dad so my dad works in construction he's a he's a carpenter mm-hmm. um yeah. and uh, many years ago um he was framing a window and he was up on a ladder and the and the ladder tipped over and then he was hanging on the window sill and then he fell off he fell like two stories i think wow maybe oh my it was god only, maybe it was only one story um but he like he cracked the back of his skull he shattered his elbow nice. um and he had to get he's fine now um he had to uh go get airlifted uh, to a hospital. No way. And so he came back and he was telling me about the helicopter ride <laughs> that he took. <laughs> um, and those earphones that they wear, this is the longest story ever for such a stupid point, but they, <laughs> I always thought they were microphones that connect to, to other people and they are to some extent, but they're noise canceling and they're, and they're tuned in to cancel out the noise of the of the um of the blades of the helicopter, like the exact frequency of the noise that the blades make. Hmm. Um, wow! And so what sense. you do is, some of them don't even have mics. Some of them you just wear the headphones, and then your voice cu- your voice is able to cut through the headphones when when it's masking out the noise oh. of the blades. That's really cool. I know, isn't that weird? 
That is weird. weird. I like it. It has right. nothing to do with this. <laughs> no. So let's move on. I got one more short one, then we're going to dive into like the really interesting sort of more sad one in a way, but um, it's really interesting. But this next one is actually kind of very interesting to me. It's called lexical gas- gastatory synesthesia, which is where okay. people who, when they hear certain sounds or words, have taste sensations triggered. So they might hear a certain word. They might hear, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like brain boggled, and then they, they taste sausage. Oh, they would taste the de- most delicious filet mignon wagyu yeah. steak. Mm. Oh, abundanza. Oh, oh they would taste mia. brains. <laughs> the best. Oh, yeah, they would taste brains. Yeah. So, yeah, so I thought this was like a really kind of interesting one. People who hear sounds and then actually have taste sensations from it. That. That must be a yeah, really weird one to wild. live with. Like, yeah, I would. I couldn't even picture that. Oh my like, god, that'd be so sick though if it was good taste. Yeah, though mm. it's funny though that I heard like um, some examples of like people who like have bad taste to associate with certain words or sounds. Where like someone who like in particular who like the word "dug" tastes like earwax to them, as they put it. <laughs> so like basically like they could not like really help themselves but like automatically dislike anyone named doug because of the fact oh, that like their oh, name no. yeah. triggered this sartay sensation i thought that was well, really Brent, you interesting. must have that you must have that right because you have bad taste in almost everything <laughs> oh that was yikes. awesome Bob. that's a sick <laughs> burn life, don't, don't mind if he did yikes that was, <laughs> that <laughs> no, was so you took my line <laughs> Yeah, I gotta um, take the piss out of it a little bit. You've also uh, been, yeah, because I'll never do it. <laughs> that joke. You're also. I don't know. You, I don't know if you've actually seen it, but um, everyone is doing this meme where they're like, "Oh, a symptom of coronavirus is losing taste. Looks like these guys have had coronavirus for their whole lives." Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I probably. What were we talking about? Just in a second. Oh, there was a there was like a device that was made by some company in Asia um, that was meant for poor people. Um, that was the worst setup ever. <laughs> like, um, okay, like is this it was a joke? Because <laughs> well, it was like it was like meant for it was meant for people who like aren't eating a lot of different food. It, okay. it, the example the example that the company used was pe- was people who are who 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 can't afford to buy more than rice. Basically, was, gotcha. was what it was. So. Eat like bland white rice. You know, it ha- is nothing. You know, you put a little salt on there, pepper maybe, but. Mm. It's 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 a it's a device that would connect up to your phone that would emit smells, basically. Um, oh, it would emit like it would emit like grilled meat smell or like huh. or something, so that when you were eating the rice, you would smell that and it would help you to not you know just be eating bland rice. So my point is, if you had this and you were eating something you didn't like, could you just pop in some headphones and play? Mm. Like go to like Google, like go to Google Translate, type in, you know, Susan and play it over and over again and be like, oh, strawberries. Oh, strawberries. I yeah, that's strawberries. very interesting. I wonder how that would work or if it would like somehow like combine Stop. the tastes. You would have to like find oh, like yeah. a way to like, uh, uh, like, um, uh, you know, this needs a little more butter. What word triggers butter? <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so weird. Yeah, it's that very, so funny. very interesting. So I want to get to this uh, last one because uh, this one actually yeah. I have like a lot of stuff on because, um. Is it um, E shared a really interesting um, NPR uh, podcast called Invisibilia that uh, talked mm-hmm. about this form and like followed this one person who has it. It's called a mirrored touch synesthesia. So, Ooh. people with this 
form of synesthesia basically you know so you guys i'm sure have no understand the idea of like sympathetic pain right where like you see something and you're like ooh, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable or whatever right yeah but people with this type of synesthesia um so they have this sensation but like much more intense where so individual so it's like that black mirror episode where the guy feel like literally can feel like the patient's pain when he's doing surgery on them yeah basically in, in oh. a lot of ways it's like actually that so individuals um with this um type of synesthesia feel the same sensation as other people feel such as touch so for example um well when uh or anyway when such a synesthete observes someone being tapped on the shoulder, for example, the synesthete will involuntarily feel the same tap on their own shoulder. And this kind of goes into the NPR story where they follow this woman that they called Amanda. Um, for her, like it manifests in like some really kind of crazy ways to the point where like not just with like like physical things, like the physical things for sure, but also like emotionally too oh interesting so if Mm. someone like was like upset about something she would like immediately feel like that same feeling but like super intensely to the point where like it made it like really difficult for her to have like actual relationships with people and even things like the outside world would be like too stimulating like if it was just like like everything was like just like too bright and intense and like sounds and stuff would trigger like she um like, for example, one thing she says that she can't eat around other people because seeing other people eat made her feel like people were shoving food into her mouth or down her throat. Whoa. Because, like, the sight of seeing other people eating would, like, actually trigger, like, a response of, like, food is being pushed into my mouth right now. That is so, super weird. So, it's like, she can't eat with other people. She has to eat by herself. Um, she gave the, She told this one story of how she, like, witnessed a small boy fall in a parking lot and hit his head. And, like, she, like, immediately, like, instinctually, like, wanted to run to that boy and help him. And as she did, she started feeling extremely dizzy and got, like, intense pain in her head and actually, like, passed out herself. Like, fell oh down in the parking God. lot. Like, she was, like, trying to, like, crawl to this kid, like, to help him. But, like, literally was, like, had, like, this, like, super intense, like, basically, like, she had literally fallen and hit her in her own head. Like, that yeah, level of response. Man. So that's crazy, dude. Now, you know, this kind of goes back to like, you know, some people you hear this, you might think, well, maybe this person just has some sort of like weird psychosomatic response. But actually, yeah. no, the brain actually fires off um, extremely for mirror touch synesthetes when they see others touch um, in the mirror neurons. So basically, like I said, all of us have some level of sort of like we have these things called mirror neurons where like we have sort of like a sympathetic response. So like if Bobby right now, if like your like brother ran the room and slapped you in the face, we would all yeah. sort of like have like a little <laughs> bit of a response where we have that sort of like, we don't necessarily feel it, but like you just have that little bit of like sympathetic response. They were like, yeah. you kind of like cringe a little bit or whatever. But yeah, for these yeah. people, when they see these things or have these things, they actually have like a physical response within their brain that matches the level of if that thing actually happened to them. So for all Damn. intents and purposes, it is actually happening to them because their brain is responding they say, as though it they say is. pain is in the mind, you know? Yeah. Does this happen all the time? I'm sure n- not. I'm sure there's varying degrees of how often it happens. It depends. Like for this particular woman, it seems like it was like yeah, it happened pretty, pretty much often constant yeah what if they witness someone like die do they die 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know. That's that's a interesting thing. I would assume uh, not. You die in the game, you die in real life. I would assume I know. not. Like, what if, like, 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 okay, this is horrible, but like, what yeah. if they watch someone get shot in the head? Like, what ha- Like, I would imagine they would like probably pass out, like just yeah, from, like, probably the pain response. You know, because the thing is, is like at one point, like, how much does the mind know? Right. Like, if the mind has never been shot, does it know how much getting shot hurts? Right, but it, well, maybe it's what's perceived as you know. Right, it builds so, its own. As it, you, it like it's like well, a needle hurt this much, so a bullet must hurt this much. Right, because I I haven't been slapped across the face personally, but if I see someone get slapped across the face, I still have like that little bit of sympathetic response. So yeah. for this well, person, yeah, like, but, like it's more like intense. So yeah. So like huh, yeah, obviously crazy. they've never oh probably God. the likelihood of this person experiencing a shot to the head is pretty low. But like yeah, what they think that what the brain perceives that um, experience could feel like would probably be pretty probably. extreme. Um, so something mm. else that uh, this woman described was that she would often lose herself in other people's feelings to the point where like she couldn't distinguish her own feelings from the other person's feelings. So oh. like she would experience other people's feeling so much so that like she wouldn't even know like how she felt about anything or any person in particular because her brain was like so like extremely responsive to like whatever they were putting out there that like she kind of like would like lose sight of who she was as a human being like she like couldn't make uh distinguish like herself herself from others which is actually um unlike other synesthetes mirrored touch synesthetes actually have less gray matter in particular, in their brains, in particular, in the area of the brain that distinguishes them from other, so oh. the self from other, so this is like so her describing this is actually like makes sense because that part of the brain is less has less gray matter, so literally like the line between the self and everything else around them is way less defined and distinguished, so like yeah. It's very kind of weird and right, interesting. We, it's it's interesting that we kind of we kind of addressed this a little bit in the uh, the Junji Ito episode, the dissecting of horror. How humans like horror because we can experience something without actually experiencing it, and we yeah. can draw that line. But imagine if we couldn't draw that line. That's that's really scary. Yeah, seriously. About. Yeah. So, like, wow. this actually for this woman in particular like had a very detrimental effect on her personal life like she, at one point she did get married and have kids but because of us like the her the way her mind worked like she would often just like leave like she would like kind of like become like enthralled or like engulfed in like another person and so like she would like kind of like leave for long stretches just like to with other people and just like kind of like lived like multiple lives because like mm. she was just kind of this like you know lost soul but like in a like almost like in a way that's like not necessarily her fault you know because like she like literally yeah. like would just kind of get pulled into other people's orbits because like her mind was just like so responsive to like whatever so like it's yeah. really sad like because they like talked to her children and stuff and like a few of them or pretty much all of them were like very resentful of the fact that like she kind of would just like disappear like and she didn't know she was like oh i thought it was a great mom and then like i kind of like realized that at a certain point i was like oh like after talking to them and stuff later i was like oh i've actually been a really terrible mother like i just like haven't been here for anybody and like and like it was really sad like she would like talk one of the kids was talking about how like her mom like will never like ask her like how she's doing because like literally asking that question to her daughter and like getting the answer 
is like too much for her mom to right. like be able uh. to like actually handle because like her like explaining what she her's going through in her life and her emotions like literally is like a sensory over overload for her yeah so wow. like the mom like literally like had like moved back home and like she like doesn't go out anymore like the blinds are always like drawn because like just like having like outside stimulus from like daylight and stuff is like too much and like she can only like interact with people like in very limited like ways and like very Damn. limited amounts of time because it's just like too much and she was like felt like the best thing she could do for her family was like do this so that she can at least be there but then it's like she's there but then also not there it's like really it's pretty like sad and crazy but yeah. and it was also really interesting because like it seemed like one of her daughters also had it but like was like in den- oh. but in denial about it like she would like kind of start to describe like very similar things but like she was like like in denial of the fact that that's what it was because she didn't want to be like her mom because she was like i look at my mom and i'm like her life seems horrible to me you know yeah so it, really kind of crazy wow. how like that can like manifest in like such kind of like a dark way so my very- little brother just walked in Oh, you can hear my body was blocking the door from the camera, but he he waved. <laughs> hey, Harry. Wow. Yeah. Well, that broke up the dark, the, that uh, darker section. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's so, scary. Yeah. About. It's kind of a crazy that how much like the mind controls, like the way we perceive our world. It's really definitely kind of wild. But again, like I had mentioned earlier, like some people think certain types of synesthesia aren't actual sensory um things that are happening but actually just like triggering of like mental concepts within the head which brings us to that test i mentioned earlier so this is called the boba mm. kiki test so Ooh. i don't know if you guys are on my slideshow right now yeah i'm on but, um, checking if you go out. to that last slide so there's two shapes on here and mm-hmm. basically there's a name associated with each one either boba or kiki so if i were to ask you guys which one is boba and which one's kiki what would you say Boba's the one on the right, and Kiki's the one on the left. Yeah, Bob, Yeah, Boba's on the right, and Kiki's on the left. Yep. So that's basically the response that about 90, at least 90% of people have. And so for those of you who may not be so like weird. following along in the brain bloggled, there's one shape that's sort of like this like spiky, sort of like kablam, little like starry type shape. And one that's more of like a bulbous, yeah. sort of like roundy, sort of splat sort of shape. Blob kind of thing. Yeah, so, so most people who look at this see Kiki as the sort of sharp pointy one and Boba as the round one. So this um is um sort of a test that sort of like illustrates the idea of idiostasia where you know certain just like things sort of trigger concepts in our mind. So mm-hmm. uh basically this uh illustrates a non-arbitrary mapping between speech sounds and visual shapes of objects. So this effect was first observed by German-American psychologist Wolfgang Kohler in 1929, where he um, ran a very similar test um, on the island of Tenerife, which was a primary, primarily a Spanish-speaking island. Um, Kohler showed f- forms similar to those in the Boba Kiki test, um, where he asked... Um, uh, basically, the participants to say which one of these shapes is named Takede and which one's named Baluba. And so in a very similar fashion, mm-hmm. you know, about 90% of the people said that uh, the sharp one was Takede and uh, the round one was Baluba. So and then I like this, Baluba. Yeah, baby Baluba swimming in the deep blue sea. <laughs> <laughs> baby um, Baluba. <laughs> so in um, 2001, um, 
these uh, two scientists, um, I'm going to butcher their names, so I'm very sorry, of uh, Villanera <laughs> Rashamandra and um, Edward Hubbard repeated Kohler's experiment using the words Kiki and Boba instead and asked this to uh, American college undergrads. And um, they basically asked them, you know, what are the names? And between 95 and 98% of the groups are the, the people tested said, you know, what you guys just said, that, you know, the sharp one is Kiki and the round one is Boba. And they ran this test again mm. later and children as young as two and a half years old would also see very similar results where the Kiki is the sharp one and Boba is the round one. So that kind of brings so us so weird. Yeah, so like brings us to this sort of idea of idesthesia where it's defined as the phenomenon which activations of concepts or inducers evoke perception like experiences or concurrence. Uh the main reason for introducing wow. the notion of idesthesia was the problems with synesthesia where in certain cases, you know, is it an actual union of the senses or is it just like a triggering of a conception in your head? So like for example, like some mm. of the things you were describing Bobby, like is that actually like a sensory trigger that you're having with seeing time in sort of like these spatial ways or is it more of like a conception within your brain you know right you know? it's more of a conception like just like how i think about it right so it it's yeah it's so is it an actual sensory thing uh, there's some debate between um the scientists and stuff as to that case um obviously certain ones mm. are literal sensory ones but in some of these more conceptual sort of ones it's more like that. And sort of the Boba Kiki test sort of illustrates how like humans in general sort of have these sort of innate associations between, you know, sights and sounds and stuff like that. So mm. I thought that was a kind of a cool um, interpretation of that. So this brings us to the last segment. Yeah, I, that's, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So this is going to bring <laughs> us to our last segment here, which is... um. Our little a little Q and A that I did with our eager emailer Eve that she was so gracious yes. enough to um lend us some time to explain some of these things because she is someone who has different types of synesthesia. So first, I'm going to go through my uh written questions that you gave me uh written answers to, and then um we actually have um an audio um clip that she sent us to to describe um some of the things I asked her. So first, um, are we going to put things- the audio clip in the pod? We sure are, my dude. We sure Heck are, my yeah. That's, yes. awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. She said she's not a professional podcaster, and she was like, oh, I'm scared. Like, I know I'm not a podcaster. I say like and um sometimes. I was like, dude, you literally said like and um a thousand times less than all three of us do every podcast, so it's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're constantly we're not, saying I'm like and um. I'm, I'm not even a professional podcaster. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're not really getting paid that much to do this, so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But the first thing I asked her was, when did you first notice that you had synesthesia? And so she wrote, I first learned about it through a video in an abnormal psychology class I took my junior year of high school. Um, Junior year? Yeah. That late? Apparently this is very common with lost synesthesia because like they literally just like live their whole lives with this that it's just normal. And they don't realize it's normal until it's pointed out not normal until it's pointed out to them. So she said... It yeah. was talking about how a small number of people attach colors to numbers and letters. And I remember thinking, okay, yeah, everyone does that, but continue. Well, it turns out not everybody <laughs> does that. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty That's so cool. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. It's kind of like the experience yeah. you had well, there, Bobby. It's kind of like me with the. Yeah. Yeah. It's me with the time thing. I uh-huh. had no idea that I was the only one person yeah. that I knew, other than E. Yeah. <laughs> So then, yeah. then I asked her, um, what types of synesthesia do you have? 
And so she said she has grapheme color, which is, you know, colors being associated with numbers and letters. Um, ordinal yeah. linguistic personification, which is where numbers and letters have genders or personalities. And then spatial <laughs> sequential synesthesia, whereas she says she sees uh, time spatially in her mind, which we sort of described earlier. And um, yeah. she said that one's a little bit harder to explain. Um, and she'll kind of go into a little more detail in the video or the uh, audio response. And then she said she also had number form but grew out of it, which I had mentioned earlier. And so then I asked oh, okay. her, yeah, yeah. does anyone in your family have synesthesia? Because in some of my reading, I heard that it can be um, somewhat genetic for some people. <laughs> and so she said, um, yep. not that she knows of. The weird thing about synesthesia is a lot of people don't even know they have it. As you know, per her example, yeah. where she didn't find out until she was 16 that there was anything different about the way she saw the world. So, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool. And then the last written question and answer I have is, does it affect your daily life? And then she said, my personal daily life isn't affected much by it. You have to keep in mind that this is how my brain has always worked. So most of my experience with it is subconscious. So like, mm, yeah, as most of us says are, you know, like, how often are you actively thinking about the way like numbers look or, you know, the days of the week are in your head yeah. like it's something you're not actively thinking about most yeah of the time. yeah but right, you're felt- not gonna just come out at your dinner table and be like so does everyone feel the same way about this so like friday's blue right everybody yeah, blue friday like, guys Woo! It's, blue friday. it's friday friday gonna be blue on friday <laughs> gotta get blue on friday that was, one. That was awesome <laughs> Great, great You're have to sync that up, Brent. Great clam, guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so that brings us to this last bit where we're going to actually take a listen to uh, an audio response that E sent us of um, some other questions I answered. So take it away, E. Hey, Brent. Thank you for your interest in my topic. So you had asked me, describe how the types of synesthesia that I have manifest in my day-to-day life. And you also asked, does that have any notification? noticeable effect on your life positive or negative well i would say overall positive so when i'm talking about my grapheme to color synesthesia so my letters and numbers having different colors i would say that's positive because it helps me for example remember things like i speak spanish and learning it it was really easy to remember like okay this word is starts with a yellow letter and so does its translation so that'll be easy to remember when it's like a multiple choice quiz i don't know if that makes sense but i hope it does <laughs> and then uh you also asked <laughs> how does it manifest when listening to you guys blabber on well honestly like you have to keep in mind like my brain has always been like this so it's kind of just in my subconscious so i'm not thinking about it so really it doesn't affect me when i'm listening to stuff it's more of reading or processing like new information i don't know if that helps but i hope that it does um so the other kind that i wanted to talk about over a recording because it's hard to explain is the um spatial sequence synesthesia so basically when i think of a year i can kind of visualize it like spatially in my mind so it comes up as a big circle around me think of like a hula hoop kind of and so right now we're in april and then right to my um right is june and then july and then it goes around the whole rest of the year 
and about six months from now is straight across from me. So if you were to mention something that happened in February, I kind of picture February as being like off to my left a little. And I don't know if this has anything to do with my grapheme to color, but they also, all the months of the year also have colors to them. And I also wanted to explain, because I said that they, that numbers and and letters have uh, genders, and I know that sounds like pretty bonkers, so I wanted to explain. I don't know why, okay? It doesn't make sense to me either. And what it seems to be is that warm colored things are girls and cool colored ones are boys for the most part. So for example, um, B is blue and it's a boy and M is a girl and it's red. Uh, seven is a girl and it's orange and two is like greenish blue and it's a boy. So that's another thing too is that all of my odd numbers are girls and all of my even numbers are boys. Kind of strange, not really sure about that. Um, something that I came up with that might be a good analogy for you guys to sort of put it into perspective is you know how like in school we would have like binders for every different subject like math we would have like a green binder or social studies would be blue whatever well everyone seems to because I've been seeing this like on like memes lately people seem to have their opinions (laughs) about which like subject is which color and that's kind of what it's like to have synesthesia like I could say to somebody okay why is yellow and they could be like no you're wrong it's blue but for them it's different and for me it's different and so everyone just has different ones which I think is interesting that it's not the same for every person so the last thing I was going to say was what causes it and well really they don't know but one of the theories is well it has to do with synaptic pruning so like maybe we have these pathways that help us when we're young maybe let's say four while we're still learning those things for the first time and it's kind of like a use it or lose it so if it doesn't help you to learn it maybe it goes away they think that it's possible that all people maybe have it at birth but like I said use it or lose it Maybe it helped me to learn, so I just kept thinking that way, and it hasn't gone away since. Kind of crazy. Um, Another thing I was going to say is, on the topic of the things having genders, there are certain numbers that have genders that aren't, like, binary, like Q and J. (laughs) This is so weird. (laughs) But, like, you know how everyone kind of said, like, Tinky Winky is the gay Teletubby? Okay, I'm so sorry. (laughs) But, like, Q is, like, Tinky Winky's gender. Whatever that might be. Does that make sense? (laughs) I don't know. I'm so sorry. Um, I think that's all. 
any other questions, let me know. Thanks, guys. <laughs> that was great. Email E. That was you awesome. are 100% was, spot on about Tinky Winky being Q. I don't know why, so but Tinky good. Winky is the letter Q. Yeah, I mean, that, that all tracks. That was really so it's interesting, all, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I thought that, that was, was awesome. Yeah. So thank you so much to her for sending that. That was great. Um, yeah. yeah. It's really cool to hear another uh, spatial time uh, to seat. Yeah. She also yeah, could have describing you know, it. She could have typed out all of them, but you know, we're big and famous and she needs to get her voice on the show. <laughs> that was adorable. Uh, Honestly, I, she that was, was awesome. She was funnier was than awesome. we are. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> You're right. So thank you so much uh, for that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, thank you for sending that in. We we honestly like that's why we do the show. We love that stuff yeah, so that much. Awesome. We love you guys. Yeah, so that that's all I got for this one. Um I thought that was a really interesting one. When I first jumped in, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, colors and numbers. That's something I've heard of before. I really had no mm. idea how deep it goes. So like yeah, that was seriously. really interesting to kind of find out through my research. So I wrote a note to myself about a relevant thing I had to say, but then I I, could, I wrote it down because I was like I was like, it's not relevant right now, but it will be relevant later. And then that was the most relevant time to ever bring it up. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to bring it up now. But yeah, do it. When we were talking about uh, graphene color number mm-hmm. stuff, um, th- I saw this documentary a long time ago of this of of like memory and like people who memorize things as like a job is like a thing to do. Not like as a mm-hmm. job, like the dude who they were following around. It was in britain somewhere um he would go to like memory competitions where they would test your like it would be like a big tournament of like testing your memory um and one of them is you take a deck of cards and you shuffle it up and then you have a certain amount of time to memorize it and then you need to make a new deck order deck of cards into that order and you get points on like accuracy and speed and stuff and so his technique is he he memorizes the deck in orders of threes right so if it's if it's um like aces are 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 ones right mm-hmm. like when 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 you turn the faces to um when you turn the faces to numbers you know it's like jacks are are 11s queens are 12s mm-hmm. um kings are 13s and then ace is like a 14 or a 1 depending on whatever right so he would go by those he would he would go by that right and Actually, no, he would use the Jack, King, and the Queen as a character, I believe. But aces were ones. And so he would take every three-number combination, and every single three-number combination that you can do with one through nine would be given a specific story element, right? So one, one, one would be they jumped in the lake. One, one, two would be they were, on the, they were at the beach, you know, three, two, one would be, oh, here's a gathering of gnomes. And so hmm. he would mem- he wouldn't, he would, as he would memorize, he would go three, two, one, that's this story element. And then he would tell himself the story in his head. So he would be like, I started my day, I made a cup of tea, then I went to the beach, then I jumped in the lake, then I dried myself off, then I climbed a tree, then I went to the store, then I made some bread, then I did this, blah, 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 blah. Um, and that's how he memorizes them. And he memorizes wow. decks of cards by memorizing those three, three, num- but like, imagine how many freaking three number combinations there are. Right. That's crazy. That he has to, wow. that he has to memorize. Um, and yeah, so I don't know if that's related, but 
That would, that would like add with the with the graphene. Well, we talked stuff. about how some some synesthetes have like better memories than right. others and stuff. And there's definitely I, there's got to be like benefits to like certain ones. Yeah, I, know I that, mean, yeah, sort of like what you said, where she said like, oh, well, you know, when I'm learning something, like if like when she learned Spanish, you know, like oh, well, yeah. this like word has like the same colored letter. You know, at the start of it, it's English and Spanish translations. So, like, yeah, yeah, that seems like totally reasonable. Yeah, like I'm ass when it comes to like trying to learn languages because mm-hmm. I don't have that. Yeah, but like when I'm trying to plan a, 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 my the next four months, I have everything planned out to a T in my head. Yeah, so that's gonna end it for us. So, um, thank you for listening. Um, send more emails at brainbogglepodcast at gmail dot com because we love this stuff. We love talking about topics that what we don't know much about because uh, you you're sharing them with us and making us learn about them. So that's really cool. Follow the uh, social meds um, at brainboggled at um, Instagram, a brainboggled pod on Twitter. Do I have that right or did I flip them? I think that's I think you right. Got it right. Okay, and yeah, and then um, at brainboggled podcast or um, go to patreon.com slash brainboggled podcast to support us over there. Check out the website brainboggledpodcast.com. Check out the merch. Oh, yes. Check out the brain bloggled. All that good stuff. Tons of cool things for you guys to be checking out. So um yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been real guys. <laughs> it has been real. That was a real fun episode. For you show. guys. All right, take care. See ya. We'll see you next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.